Remember, Nomad fam, we've got some incredibly value-filled episodes planned out for you, so please hit that subscribe button and leave a review. Your review helps this podcast become more visible and ultimately inspire more people just like you. All right, Francis, welcome back to the Nomadic Executive, man. It's been a few months since I've had you on. Yeah, man, it's been a while. Thank you so much for having me, Omar. Looking forward to speaking to your audience again and updating you guys on what I've been up to. Absolutely, man. And you've been up to some pretty great things since the last time we spoke. You've came out with a whole newsletter for Digital Nomads, which has grown fairly, fairly quickly. And you're getting some notoriety in some of the communities on Facebook, from what I've seen. You've also written a book. What's the book's name again? Yeah, the book is called Nomadic and Happy, Six Steps to becoming a fulfilled and well-paid digital freelancer. Um, And this is one of like my big kind of pandemic projects. And, you know, once I started the newsletter and everything, people were like replying back to the emails asking, okay, so like, how do you do what you do? I know you're, you like sharing all of these cool businesses and stuff like that. But like, what's like, how do you do your business? Cause it sounds really cool. So I wrote this, you know, over kind of hold up in Budapest during the winter time. And yeah, it's been like a huge passion project that I've gotten a lot of good feedback from. So what came first, the newsletter or the book? Or the chicken or the egg? Yeah, the newsletter came first. Then yeah, the newsletter came first because I was like, I remember I was like totally burned out. Like this was like back in like July or August or something. And I was like, right. I was like cranking out all these YouTube ad scripts and these emails for clients. And I was like, I'm really tired, but like, what else can I do? You know, I was laying on my couch, was reading emails from The Hustle, which is that big. Uh, yeah, that's a really good, uh, mag- a little like Instagram slash magazine account, some solid stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I was pretty much like, well, I love traveling and I love writing emails. So I'm just going to do this for digital nomads. And that's kind of how it, how it came up. Well, how did you first catch your, and we'll dive into this much more in the second half. Yeah. But how did you first catch your traction on starting this newsletter and what kind of reception did you see from it when you finally made it? Yeah. So I first got traction from it when it basically just being scrappy as hell. Like my whole moniker was like motto and whatnot was like done is better than perfect. So I remember I was like, okay, I'm just going to create this really, really basic landing page. I'm just going to write the copy really pretty much on the top of my head. I'm not going to overthink it. And you know, created like one welcome email, my welcome sequence, which I need to add more to. But yeah, the the reception of it was like a lot of people really interested. They a lot of the people who know me like very well, personally and professionally, they were like, well, this very much aligned with what you do and what how other people know you. Like you're not just a great email copywriter, but you're also the copywriter who is always traveling. So that was the positive sense. The negative sense was like, I've had people who are on my old list, quote unquote, old list for my consultancy stories and copy. And they were like, I sent an email to them. And I was like, yeah, I'm done emailing to this list. Follow me at the nomad newsletter. And some people were like, I'm not a digital nomad. I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear about you traveling. I'm like, all right. So, I mean, but that's, that's part of it. That's part of filtering it out, but yeah, that's kind of how it started. And then I, was just messaging people. I was just messaging in groups, like commenting on Facebook groups and kind of like leaving posts on my own personal account and sure. whatnot. And yeah, just kind of grew from there. Yeah, value given posts and all that. that I, I see a lot of those actually. They come across my feed once in a while and I barely check Facebook. So that's a big deal when it shows up. You know, that's when you know it's doing some good stuff. But we'll dive more into that later in the second half of the podcast. What I want to do is kind of cover down your story that you've kind of laid out in this book. You mentioned to me before we started this podcast that you have your own story written in it. 
And then from there, you have the six steps for anyone to really turn into a freelancer, right? So I want to kind of want to take that same order of that book. Now, obviously, this will be much more summarized. So for people that are listening right now, if you really want the full details and they're hell of a details, I'll tell you right now, they're really great. I mean, Francis, if you don't remember last time, he's a six figure plus copywriter who pretty much made this business and started traveling the world from pretty humble beginnings. So if you really want to know how to do that, make sure to buy his book. But here right now, we're going to kind of cover through piece by piece. And why don't we go ahead and get started with that, Francis? So go ahead, tell us your story and parts that we actually missed last time in the last podcast. Yeah, for sure, man. So yeah, pretty much the book lays it out just like like just like that, you know, breaks it up in like seven chapters. And the first chapter is pretty much my story. And so something I didn't mention in the last podcast was like, I know we talked a whole lot about email and how I built my business, but I guess there's a reason why I do all of this kind of writing and traveling is because I used to not have a lot of freedom, which is why I'm so obsessed with it now. You know, a few years ago, I was actually, I was in the pits of like a horrible, horrible heroin addiction. And usually when people meet me or they see me and kind of like doing my thing or my demeanor, they're like, well, I can't believe you're doing that. Um, but yeah, it was a really bad, like $200, $300 a day uh, habit with like- $200 uh, need- hey. Yeah, man. I mean, that kind of was like, looking back at it, I was like, you know, I think I'm hustling now. Back then I was like, killing it. Yeah. I mean, it was the whole, kind of the whole nine, man. I mean, I was, I was selling it. I was stealing it. I was using needles. I was doing some crazy stuff, man, hanging out with some bad sorts. But, and that was like my life for like a solid year and a half. And I was kind of in university at that time. I guess some people would say I was like high functioning because I was awake, but like barely. But a big reveal in the book is that I actually don't even have like a university degree because I had an overdose in October, 2014. So, and I had to go back home to Memphis. So I never finished university Mm -hmm. and- yeah, but pretty much during that time, I was like getting sober. And how'd you get into something like that in the first place? Man, you know, I was just just boredom in like Mississippi and like just being like very unhappy with how I was as like a person and like just it was very lost being 19, 20 years old and being like I was not a very good student. And I just hated myself that I wasn't a good student because when you're in college, it's like be a good student or you're just bad or something. Yeah, you're, you're just wasting your time. Society period kind of deal. Yeah. And so I tried to, I pretty much blocked all those things just by like getting super wasted. I mean, and it started off as like taking Xanax and then maybe taking like smaller dose pills and just kind of graduated from like harder stuff. And then, yeah, eventually um, I had some friends who were doing it as well. And they were like, hey, Francis, if you want to get the most bang for your buck, you know, take this needle, put it in your arm. And like, that's pretty much how, how that started. Okay. Makes sense. So you overdosed in 2014. Was that the end of the addiction? Was that, was that the wake up call for you? Yeah, that was the big wake up call because, you know, I like the whole secret was out. You know, my whole family found out and my mom actually works in the addiction industry and she, she runs a suboxone clinic which is like um, something that like addicts take to- Like a methadone less, clinic? Yeah, like a methadone clinic, similar to that. And yeah, I mean, that was my wake up call. And then, the, you know, people were like, all right, well, you're you're pretty much a rock bottom. So you can only go up from here. It's like, what do you want to do? Like, do you want to go to school? Do you want to, what do you want to do? And I was like, well, I definitely don't want to go to school. I want to travel. So what can I do? And back then, this is 2014, early 2015, the idea of like an online business and how doable that was, I knew it was out there, but for me, not, I didn't really have that mindset yet. Yeah. And so the only thing that came to mind was like teaching abroad. So, you know, I like was working at this really horrible, like record store where they're selling like CDs and DVDs still. And like, I've saved enough money to get my, my TEFL certification to teach English abroad. And I got that in four months. And yeah, I mean, 
August 2015, I moved to Barcelona, Spain, because I, I got a job teaching there at a primary school and did my year there. And it was a great year. I mean, it was a wild one just because it was like my first year being like, quote unquote, normal, not right. being addicted to drugs or anything. But um, yeah, my whole plan was to do five countries in five years. Budapest was like the next city. And but yeah, after a year in Budapest teaching, I got bored and was like, I got to do something other than teaching. And then well, I was just lucky enough to meet like this young German guy, Finn Lobson, who I think I've, every time I'm on a podcast, it's kind of like a running. Yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah. He was like, and it's funny because he's like, uh, like a running joke. Every podcast I'm on, I always mention his name. And he's like, dude, I still get like emails from people or like people like people DMing me or something. But uh, yeah, he told me about copywriting at a, like at a bar. Yeah. That's how I started. So what'd you do? What'd you, what was your initial steps to kind of learn about more about it and how to dive into it? Yeah. I mean, I first dove into it. Basically, when I asked him like all these resources and I didn't even have a laptop, man, I put up like this $150 that I got teaching at the school and spent it on like this horrible laptop. I got on like Facebook Marketplace. It was like an 11 inch screen and like it would, uh, it couldn't charge. Like it would only charge if like if, it, if the charger was propped up on like a coffee mug. And if I like just moved like a, like a centimeter, it would like not, it would like stop charging. Oh, I, that must be annoying. <laughs> I know yeah, it was annoying. <laughs> yeah. I think we've all been there, but yeah, we've definitely yeah, I mean, been there. Oh, we, yeah, I think it's part of like, I think it's part of the journey to have like a horrible laptop, but yeah, man, I like I got up work and kind of failed at that. But then I, you know, started pitching clients, started owning up to the fact that I was a copywriter, put it on my social media started like posting stuff here and there. And then eventually somebody in the kindergarten, a parent in the kindergarten I was teaching at was like, Hey, my company's looking for a copywriter. You're in Hungary. Like you can work in our Hungarian office. And yeah, that was like my first big client that I was able to leverage like some credibility. And it's really great because even now they're startup back then, but now they're a fairly huge company now. They're a full contact fight league called Karate Combat. They have like all of these legends now working with them. But yeah, back then it was just me and my 11 inch laptop. Wow. So your copywriting, you can basically say helped build that company in a way. Yeah. That's what I tell people. Cause you know, right now they have like these, and I didn't even know they were legends. They were like, I was, I was an idiot, you know? And so like, yeah, now they have these at like legit, like MMA, like karate legends working for them. And like, if you like watch videos from like their first, like two or three events, uh, like the behind the scenes videos, you can actually see me on my, on my laptop in the back, like working, like pretending to work because I just wanted to, I wanted to keep the job because I was like, they're paying me, man. This is crazy. So, but yeah, that was the, that was my first big like breakthrough. Sure. Was it, was it enough to quit your job? Was it enough to survive on its own? Yeah. It was more than enough to quit my job. You know, I think they were paying me like 2000 USD at that point. And so like, and, um, the work back then wasn't that much. So I was able to like kind of learn from other people and like start pitching clients after I, I niche down and everything like that. So yeah, it was great. Damn. So yeah, that's a good way to start. I think everyone wants to get that first client that feels like a final win. Like it's always that eye opener of like, damn, this can work. Damn, I can actually do this. You know, and before you have that first client, you never feel like that. As soon as you do, I, it's always the biggest celebration of any client you'll ever have. Right. Like uh, I remember my first client that was in the shower when I found out and I got the strike payment and I just remember screaming, fuck yeah. Yeah, like, man. <laughs> Myself in the bathroom. It was so long ago, but it was a great feeling. So I can definitely relate to that, man. Um, so yeah, you kept growing your business then. Now we, we've covered some of these other things in the past podcast. So, mm -hmm. what I want to kind of pivot into is the six steps here, right? And mm -hmm. 
I'm assuming uh, what would the first six step be in my head? It's something like find what you want to do or research something or something along those lines. Well, yeah, I think that's actually like number three, but for this one, it's actually to make the commitment to actually do well. I mean, okay. uh, for me, it's, I think one thing that's actually helped me succeed and be like, Oh, I want to make this amount of money. I want to work with this type of client is like to be that is to make that commitment and be like, Hey, this is my goal. And I want to do everything I can to make it because the, the only people that I know who you know, after a few years are still somewhat struggling with freelancing or copywriting or anything like that, or people who kind of have their, you know, or one they have their one foot out. Yeah. One foot in, one foot out. You know, they're, they're work. They don't want to go all in. They're like, maybe, you know, maybe they're freelancing, but maybe they have a nine to five or maybe they're a copywriter, but they're also kind of doing some media buying here and there. And it's like, yeah, I mean, that's, it's one of those things that you, you really have to dive into. And once you make that commitment, then um, it goes into the next step, which would be to like obsess over the mindset of like, you know, what is the, you know, who do I want to be a year from now? And what is that person thinking? Who is he hanging out with? And, you know, who, who, who do I have to become to make this a success? As you're telling me these steps, I'm thinking about, yeah, as you're telling me these steps, I'm thinking about my own journey, kind of relating back to it. So, and yes, I've definitely been through step one. And yes, I definitely had to go through step two as well. So the step two mindset's kind of figuring out who you want to be, surrounding yourself with the right people, talking to the right people, doing the right things, uh, just kind of putting yourself in that person's shoes that you want to be a year from now, basically, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's kind of like an ongoing thing, you know, I mean, even even now, even though I'm not like a new freelancer, I'm still thinking about, you know, what is like a successful newsletter owner? What does he do? Or, you know, I, I've opened up my coaching program for aspiring freelance copywriters. And it's like, what does a coach do? Which is an interesting thing because I used to be like, oh, I'm never going to be a coach. And so now it's like, yeah, it's a kind of an interesting perspective. What's step three? Yeah, step three is to discover your high income skill set, you know, and I think that's kind of the one of the more exciting things because there are so many out there. And one, it can be kind of weird because there's there's so many people out there who make a lot of promises, but like, you know, what you can do with certain skills and things like that. But I think it's really fun once you once you find that thing that you really like, you know, whether it's design or, you know, writing ebooks or, you know, maybe you're like really good at managing projects or sure. something like that. And you're like, oh, oh man, I can like, I can actually make money doing this. Like, that's really cool. And like, once you dive into that, I think it's, um, that's when like the fun stuff, like, you know, I think mindset's really cool. Don't get me wrong. I've written a lot, and read a lot about mindset. You know, God knows I've invested a lot of money in like upgrading my mindset. But like, once yeah. you find that, that skill, I think that's when you, things get really exciting. Makes sense. So what I want to do right now then is for the next three steps, I want to give you like a mock example of a high income skill set. And then I want to use that high income skill set to fill out the rest of the three steps. Does that make sense? Yeah. So let's say the high income skill set is something like bookkeeping. Okay. Mm -hmm. Let's say that person did an accounting degree or is working on an accounting degree right now and they realize they really love numbers and they want to do bookkeeping. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's something that you can do remotely. So what would step four be in the application of bookkeeping? And I'm sure yeah, it doesn't apply to any high income skill set, but let's just keep it bookkeeping. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the next one would be to kind of like three parts in a way, but it's find a niche, solve a problem and then get paid. And I think the I think this is like one really good example of this is like digital nomads because digital nomads do freelancers. You, you froze on me, Francis. Oh, there oh, okay. Uh, uh, team, edit that part out, please. Uh, so you said one good example of this is digital nomads. 
Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think it's because I, I know a lot of digital nomads are out there. There actually happens a lot in groups where people are asking, how do they handle the tax situation? Or, you know, from going from one country to another, it's like, how do I, how do I pay taxes? Who do I pay taxes? Who do I pay taxes to? And it's like, if I join in on any of these digital nomad visas, you know, how does tax work? And I think I've actually had a lot of people from my newsletter, like email me back and be like, Francis, who can I talk to that is who knows how to handle this tax situation? Sure. And yeah, I think for, for someone who's like a bookkeeper, that's such a big one. Makes sense. Okay. So we got the niche down. What's next? Yeah. And it's, it's to solve that problem. Is that part of the niche? Yeah. It's to solve that problem to really help digital nomads have clarity on how to do their taxes, how to keep track of their financials, how to save money. I think somebody asked, I was, I'm actually writing an article right now for CNBC and they were asking like, you know, what do you do to save money? And I was like, well, I just, you know, I'd like set something up with my true bill account, like takes money out. But I think to have an account and be like, help digital nomads in particular, you can niche down even more to be like freelancers or entrepreneurs. But I think that's a big one. But yeah. And like the next step after that is to start networking with like amazing people. And I think when it comes to like freelancers, they always think of like, I need exposure or I need to pitch more clients or I need to post on social media more. And that's how I get more clients. But in reality, it's just like relationships. It's crazy for me, even when I think about how like relationships I made two, three years ago, those still come up and I'm still able to get clients or find opportunities and things like that. So if you're an accountant and you're, you know, looking to get clients, looking to build that business and, you know, you join, you know, digital nomad community, if that's your niche or just being in a Facebook group with a bunch of remote workers and you're able to just connect with people, provide value, but just be a friend at the end of the day, like that's going to do so much to build your business, like in the short term and long term. I think it's one of the most powerful things. So what do you think about scalability then when it comes to that? It's not really something like going in, building relationships, making friends and stuff. Yes, definitely will get you business, but I think it'll have a cap of ceiling, right? But at that point, if you're a freelancer, you know, you don't really care if there's a cap or a ceiling because freelancers inherently are one man work groups versus businesses that are multiple people, right? So does it really matter that there's a cap to you as a freelancer? No, man. I think, I definitely don't think so. I mean, I think it's one of those things that when it comes to like capping myself, I don't really think too much on that just because it seems like what I want is always changing, you mm-hmm. know? And it's like, maybe I'm a freelancer now, but who's to say that in three, four months, I'm like, oh, I'm going to turn this into an agency or you know, I want to turn the newsletter into my full-time thing and become like a full media company. And yeah, I mean, I try not to think of like things that like cap me, but I know as a freelancer, it can be one of those things that does fit, you know, being kind of solo, you know, that's my cap. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah. I mean, you'd be your own bottleneck as a freelancer, basically. Right. But to get to six figures in the first place, isn't something that everybody, everybody does, but has the ability to be able to do. And I think that Facebook idea, that Facebook group strategy that you're giving right now is a phenomenal way for anyone that starts up something like a freelancing or even bookkeeping business or bookkeeping services to be able to start and get those first few clients. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's just fun too. I mean, like it's, it always feels good when you're, when you can just talk to someone who like understands like where you're coming from and, you know, things that what you're doing is great, but also just like likes you. And that kind of definitely helps you a whole lot on your journey. Sure. Yeah. Plus you meet, you meet people that where you get to get to go in the inside of your ideal client's mind. I think that's a great way or find people that are in a similar niche to you and just become friends with them and kind of grow with them. Right. So there's a host of benefits in doing that. Oh, for sure. For sure. And I've made like a lot of like really good partnerships with people who are like designers and they're like, Hey, I'm doing like a click funnels design. 
and they need like a sales page. Can you write a sales page? And then that sales page will turn into like emails, which will then turn into like email list management for like six months. So yeah, that's how it works. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, it's kind of like I have some agency owner friends who so are always kind of bopping business off each other as well. So it kind of makes sense. All right. So what's step five? Yeah, well, this is actually step six. Actually. Oh, so yeah. So right now would be the great coaching and mentorship. And I think it's such a big part, man. I mean, I think, I think every time I invested myself into a coach and into like a mentor, I think it's been like the reason why I've been able to earn like a good amount of money and, but then also not like burn out all the time and just kind of having fresh eyes and on my business. But like, you know, whoever I am, you know, I always kind of think about like who out there wants the business that I want and how can I learn from them? Sure. And, you know, just reaching out to them and maybe they have a coaching program, but it's like, you know, if they do, you're literally, they're literally telling you how to do it, which I don't know, it, just, it just makes things so much faster, so much easier. You can get a lot of clarity just by doing that. Yeah. That's something I could definitely attest to, man. My business would not be where it is right now. In fact, it wouldn't exist if it wasn't for the mentor that I got, which I got through the podcast itself. So, you know, mentorship, I think is such a massive, it's a hack because if you find somebody that's doing exactly what you want to be doing, whatever many months or years from now, and you learn exactly what they did and just replicate it, you're going to get the same results. There's just no way around it. Right. Unless you are not, unless you're not following the formula to a T, then you won't get the same results. But if you are, it'll work for you. you know, so yeah, I really strongly believe in mentorship. Yeah. I think it's great. You can like also, depending on what kind of business you want or what you want to improve is like, there are experts out there who are help who will help you. You know, like I have someone right now who's helping me build out the kind of my digital product side of my business because, you know, I'm kind of doing well on the, the client side, but then there's this other side that's like selling my knowledge and becoming a better coach and a better like content creator. And yeah, if there's anyone out here listening to this and you're like, you know, where do I want to be in like a year from now? I guarantee you there's somebody out there who has some type of coaching or mentorship who's who are more than willing to like help you get there. And I, I mean, it could be like the weirdest thing too, like uh, how to paste flowers on boats. I don't know. Something really random like that. And there's probably still someone out there that could do it. Go on YouTube. There's people like that. There's just some random instance that you see on YouTube alone that you could probably reach out to and ask them to mentor you. And a lot of these people, they might not be mentors at first, but if you reach out to them, maybe provide value to them because they're doing something that you want to be doing, they'll probably mentor you because I think humans have this inherent want and need to kind of give back and make people around them better or bring people up with them. You know, at least most people do. So from yeah. what, you know? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, I, I've, I've been getting that a whole lot now and that's why I started the Nomadic Copywriter Program, which is like my coaching program because- you so know, Let's talk about that a little bit. Explain this coaching program to me. Yeah. I mean, right now I'm not going to call myself a coach. I'm more like a copywriter who is like a nomadic copywriter who is teaching other people how to be nomadic copywriters. But essentially it's for anyone who is, you know, an aspiring or kind of current copywriter, freelance copywriter who uh, yeah, wants to build the foundations in the systems to help them get clients, get paid more and to really show them like what it really looks like to have a copy business. Just because I think, you know, when I was a newbie, I used to have, you know, these weird, like, you know, like an imagination of like, there's freelancers who are actually successful. There's like a secret group or they're all getting clients and I'm just not in it. Or like yet yet to be some like professional with the yeah, I suit. The same way. I used to think the same way. Yeah. And it's all, like, all my business world felt like the secret group that I just couldn't get in. Yeah, I know. Right. And it's just like, in reality, it's like, it's not that at all. You're, it really is just people working together. And when you start out, you start off like, you know, pitching and pitching clients, trying to get those testimonials. And then you kind of build your portfolio up. So then if you do pitch again, it's easier to close them. You build your network. So then people know that you're 
an expert in this skill. And then it all just kind of circles around. It kind of cycles into reoccurring work or more work. And it just builds from there. And that's the big thing is like, I've had some people on calls and they're like, is it so complicated? Do I need a website? Do I need to have like a a Calendly right now? Do I need to hire a VA? I'm like, no, man, like literally you don't need to do any of that right now. Like my website admittedly for stories and copy is like awful. And like, it's one of those things I don't share with clients because I'm like, this is honestly not good. But like, I just share them like a Google Drive with samples and they're like, hey, this is great. And, you know, it can be as basic as that. So is there um, any prerequisites to be a copywriter besides just obviously knowing the English language? Yeah, you don't even really need to know the English language. That's the great thing. I mean, like you got to know how to speak it. You don't have to be a native speaker. But um, like the it's just uh, for me, it's like the willingness to learn anything with like a bonus in regards to like if you have writing experience or online business experience, then like that's always like good to have. There are people in my program who like, they've had like no experience. They just speak English and, you know, they're already getting clients within their, their interests. So, you know, they, they've niched down, they've like yoga businesses and they like love yoga. And they're like, well, I'm going to write emails for this yoga company. And, you know, I teach them how to write and all of that. So there's no big prerequisite because it's, it's strictly just for like building those foundations up. Sure. Do you think some of the lessons that you're teaching in that coaching program can apply to anybody that wants to start any sort of online freelancing company, not just copywriting? Yeah, for sure. It's one of those things that's like, I forgot who said it. I'm a big basketball guy. I think it was like John Wooden or like Greg Popovich or something or something. But it was just like, you know, if you just hammer on the foundations, you don't need to get fancy with it. So, you know, it's all about, it doesn't matter if you're a copywriter or a designer or, you know, a bookkeeper, you know, as long as you have that, that skill set and you have a good offer and you know who you're targeting and you know who they're selling to, then and you know how to like pitch and get those first clients, talk to people, then you're, you're set, you know? And, you know, just right there, that's pretty much like the blueprint to like any freelance program is like, they're going to tell you to niche down. They're going to tell you to create a good offer and it doesn't matter. You know, it's like, yeah, that's the program right there. If you're interested, that's pretty much all I teach. So where can people find your newsletter, your program, (laughs) your book? Where can they find all that? Yeah. Well, you can find it all when you join my newsletter at the nomadnewsletter.com. I I do have the book out on Gumroad, but if you join my email list, you can get $10 off. Yeah, that's how it goes. Great. I think that's good. I'll put those links in the show notes as well. Yeah, thanks as always, man, for sharing your insight and your crazy story and all, all everything that you do, man. I hope it works out really well for you. Thank you so much, Omar. Thanks for having me again, man. Absolutely. Great. Remember, Nomad Fam, we've got some incredibly value-filled episodes planned out for you, so please hit that subscribe button and leave a review. Your review helps this podcast become more visible and ultimately inspire more people just like you.